Welcome to Talking Smack, a consensual adult spanking podcast. If you have a problem with spanking, stop fucking listening. <laughs> hey perverts, welcome to Talking Smack. I'm Nameless. I'm Abby. I'm Lexi. And today we have a special guest, Cam, who's Hi. joining us. And the topic today that we thought would be good is humor and spanking. And I don't want to be the first person that gives my opinion. So, Cam, do you want to kick us off a little bit talking about this? Yes, absolutely. So I think the biggest thing for me, and that's something I've talked about recently with someone Nameless and I both know, is that spanking, the physical act of it, I mean, it's like, I mean, if you're just using your hand, it's a hand hitting a butt. Like, that's funny. Like, butt smacks? Those are funny things. Like, that's what you did to make your friends laugh when you were a kid. Like, that's just, so I think the actual, um, Spanking part of it can be absolutely hilarious and I know I When I'm in a lot of pain during spankings, I laugh hysterically like I get I just laugh through the pain And that's how I handle it a lot of the time So I think that can be like the more fun aspect of it And I definitely think at least for me the more serious parts of it come with headspace And if it's a punishment or an intense punishment or something like that the headspace is where the seriousness comes into it rather than a hand smacking a butt like I think that's kind of where I'm at can confirm Cam laughs quite a bit, uh, and it's like the, like the harder you hit her, the more she laughs. It's true. Um, one time I was playing in a dungeon and we gathered a group of about, someone uh, I was playing with gathered a group of about eight people because they're like, why is she laughing? Is she okay? Like, she's getting her ass beat. And I'm like, it's it's funny. Like, it's 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 the funny thing and I don't know what else to do with myself. It is, it is kind of patently ridiculous what we're doing. And, and sometimes I'll just like, I'll be in the middle of playing and I'll pause and kind of like look at myself from a, you know, outside perspective and be like, this is fucking ridiculous what I'm doing right now. <laughs> That's the exact same opinion I have. Like the meta, like standing outside of yourself. That's the thing that I find the most humorous. Like, if, especially if we're doing like a dinner or something and everyone's like all dressed up, but we're sitting around talking about spanking and dungeons and things. I will have this like, out of mind experience where I'm like, this is so bizarre and so hilarious. And I, I think I started laughing like in the middle of dinner once just because I thought it was like hysterical. At a, like at a big party. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is it is really funny and and I think that the thing that I like about the spanking scene that I like better than the the general BDSM scene is how it's not taken so goddamn seriously mm -hmm. like you go to a bdsm party and you you know some guy will walk up and be like i am master dark eye i have i have eight thousand hit points and you know if they just like they they people take themselves so seriously not everybody but like there's more of an aspect of that and i don't think at least from what i've seen the the people who take themselves really seriously in the spanking community um they're fewer and further between, and I don't know, I guess I, it seems like the other people in the spanking community don't super appreciate people who take themselves too seriously, like particularly tops, it's just like, oh yeah, that guy's up his own ass, you know? Yeah. 
Well, okay, here's Lexi with the hot take. So, I, as someone that is, is more into discipline, I think it's not, like, I don't really necessarily enjoy being spanked for, like, silly, like, fun things. Like, it's much more fun for me for it to be something that's grounded and something real. Um, yeah, I, so I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying about people taking themselves too seriously, but at the same time, it's there's a difference between having a conversation with someone and then, you know, jumping right into, oh, I'm so-and-so and I'm gonna do this. Like, what have you done for me to spank you? Not, that's, that's a lot. But, you know, if you have a conversation with someone and they're a real person, um, and then the conversation sort of sort of shifts to spanking and then it gets more serious that's you know you're building excitement that's that's sure. absolutely that's exciting for me I, th I think that's the other side of the coin for sure and you know the chip on my shoulder that i have about it is this duality where because it is inherently kind of funny and inherently silly you get this media portrayal of spanking as basically the laughingstock of the the sex world, um, in a, and and kind of like a it's it's usually a punchline, right? Like somebody in a in a scene in a in a TV show or whatever, it'll be like, oh, do you need a spanking? And like very rarely have, do you ever see a portrayal of it that is taken seriously in the way that you're that Lexi is describing. Um, those are very like niche. Movies, like you don't see that in in mainstream cinema. You will see like a kind of more traditional BDSM scenario taken very seriously. Uh, and even if you look at something like Fifty Shades of Grey, which you know is should not be taken as canonical <laughs> anything except idiocy. Um, you know they do have the one spanking scene in there, the kind of climactic spanking scene, which they did poorly. So bad, so bad. Um, but the only reason why they they took it seriously at all, like if it had been just spanking, they wouldn't have been able to frame it as like this, you know, whole sexy setup. I think because people don't, the general public doesn't get that that right. you can have like a really serious discipline setup that that everyone's taking super seriously. Everyone's like very much turned on. No one's laughing in that situation. No. Um, or not for long, anyway. Well, you run into these blurry lines, too, because I think that spanking in in media does become, like, the punchline because there's so much truth in it. Like, a lot of, you know, kids were spanked growing up. So that's something that's relatable, whereas, like, BDSM is more of, like, an adult yeah. Play experience. Yeah, I think there's something to that too. And that gets into the, you know, the whole fraught issue of consent with, you know, like when you're playing with spanking, you're, you're thinking about, um, there, there's a whole lot of this kind of like adult to child relationship thing, which doesn't necessarily right. exist, you know, with, with general BDSM, you know, you might have your daddy dom kind of situation, but more typically, it's it's clearly two adults playing, and you know there's no like fantasies about uh, about a non consensual power exchange necessarily right. as much, um, and so maybe we take it less seriously 
kind of to protect ourselves from that to some degree, where it's like, well, if it gets, the, the more serious it gets, the more it seems like, you know, an, an authentic punishment, and that gets into dangerous psychological territory, which is what makes it a turn on, right? Right, right. And on the flip side, like, I know I mentioned earlier that, you know, it is funny and I do find humor in it. And I, again, from our last podcast, you know, I don't like to be spanked for real reasons, but even I can see, and this is sort of tying back to what you just said, when somebody can just kind of flip it on and you're there in a moment and it is serious and it might not be for a serious reason. You might not have done a serious infraction, but you have these kind of eye to eye moments where you are both there for the same reason or however many people and you're about to get something done, you know, and you do have this fine line of if it crosses too far, it could potentially cause or bring up certain memories or psychological things for people. And some people really like that. Um, and some people need to stay further away from that. I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that it's so much different in the regular like BDSM world. Um, I think that everybody in kink is trying to navigate the same boundary. Um, I don't see humor being used to navigate that boundary as often in the BDSM scene as I see humor being used as almost like a tool to navigate this sort of serious topic. Well, as someone that's been to a lot more BDSM parties than I have spanking parties, I think that there tends to be a lot more protocol involved in BDSM. Mm -hmm. um, so with that comes the seriousness, but also I think it also, it also has to do with, it's not always necessarily a sexual thing. Mm -hmm. And with BDSM, I, I'm not sure if I've ever met someone that's into BDSM that it's not a sexual thing for them. Yeah, that, that dovetails nicely with, you know, Jillian Keenan talked about this a fair bit. Um, when the media doesn't take spanking seriously, when it treats it as a laughing stock or a punchline, it's kind of like having your, your sexuality treated that way. And, you know, if, if you're someone who, like her, um, your sexuality is spanking. It's not, you know, it's not an adjunct or something that you do for fun. It's not a kink for her, it's, that is her sexuality. And if it's, you know, treated as like, oh, haha, this is this ridiculous thing, you know, that's, that's pretty demeaning. And um, it, it's pretty condescending. And I, you know, that was, that's where my, the chip on my shoulder comes from, which is the same perspective of sort of being like, look, you know, I, I think the thing I struggle with and, and maybe the reason why I prefer the spanking scene and its casualness and its kind of like playfulness is because it's difficult for me to get over that kind of like ridiculousness, even though I completely understand the two sides of it. Um, I feel like it's, it's easier to not take it seriously. And particularly like in a party setting, I think that's really useful to, you know, if you're going to be going playing with a bunch of people, um, particularly people you don't know, you kind of need to do it in a playful way. Like if you dive straight into, serious discipline with someone you don't know. I mean, you're kind of, first of all, you're probably not going to be playing with anybody at that party again. Sure. Um, I, I think it's, it's a, it's not necessarily a crutch, but it's like, 
it's a tool, like, like Evie was saying, to kind of get past some awkwardness by laughing about something. And that which, you know, takes us back to what Cam was saying, you know, maybe in terms of even dealing with the pain or the humiliation, like if you laugh about it, it kind of takes away some of the sting. I don't know. Yeah, and it makes it, um, I definitely don't laugh during my more serious things, whether it's an actual serious offense where it's a real punishment based on something I've done in real life, or if I'm doing that with someone else, like topping that person. Um, or if it's a serious punishment where it's like, I've been back talking all day and there's, there's a lesson that's meant to be learned, even if it's not something that affects my daily, everyday life. And I think the biggest thing about the laughing and the fun part of it outside of our community and the parties and the people you play with is that outside perspective from the media. And if I told my friends about it or my vanilla friends or something like that, um, they would be like, that's, a, that's weird. There's that outside judgment that comes along with those sort of things and other people might laugh at you. And it feels so personal when someone laughs at you for something that is so personal. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think the, the biggest problem that comes with the laughing and the punchline is definitely not within the community necessarily, but it is that outside perspective that makes you feel I mean, it's the same thing as a woman who also loves other women. Like, it is the same thing when I see old TV shows that make fun of, like, oh, they're just roommates or, oh, they're just friends, those sort of things. It's the same idea as the sexuality. It is mm -hmm. so personal and so demeaning. Yeah. But if someone laughs, if someone who I know respects queer women or gay women is making a joke about it with me in that sense, then it's a little bit different versus an outside perspective where I don't know if they respect me or not. Right, it's an out-group versus in-group thing, right? Like, I mean, if I, I'm Jewish, I can make Jew jokes all I want and make people uncomfortable, but like, if someone else who isn't, you know, allowed to do that makes that joke, it's like, hey, I feel like it's similar where like we can all make it, we can make it as silly as we want because we know that we get it. It's the getting it part and this is a very fine line because in Austin I um, I sort of straddle the communities. I sometimes joke that I'm an ambassador from the Spanko community that shows up at all the kink events and I'm <laughs> very much uh, there. Um, and it's funny having these conversations about spanking because sometimes I'll be with my regular other, other than spanking group kink friends and they'll do the punchline about spanking because they think that they're the in-group. Uh -huh. And I have this moment where I'm really hurt, like Cam, where I'm like, no, you don't, but I know that you don't get it. I understand that you like to spank in your regular impact play, and I get that you like to include spanking in some of the other things that you do, but I don't feel like it's as funny when they make the joke or when I try to explain the spanking community or like spanking parties. I get these like looks that they're like, I don't get it. I, I spank all the time. What do you mean spanking parties? And you're like, oh, so how do I describe the, I'm gonna say stupid word, the beauty and the nuance of a community? How do I describe to somebody who spanks somebody, other people every single day that they don't get the joke, that they're not in on it? Well, let me ask y'all this. What do you, I, I'm pretty open with my non-kink and 
vanilla-ish friends <laughs> um, about what I do, but I'm still really reserved when I talk about spanking specifically. It, it I feel like it's easier to hide behind like the general BDSM, like, ooh, like you enjoy pain, like you enjoy being hit. And so that's just sort of where I live with my friends, but I'm curious to hear what y'all tell your, your friends. I definitely, um, it's such, I mean, I think just because of my demeanor and just how open I am with a lot of things, I think most of my friends could probably guess like, Cam's probably, you know, pretty kinky. I mean, like, this just kind of the vibe I give off and those sort of things. But if I were to actually get into the discipline aspects of it, the headspace, the, no, I need my partner to be able to scold me and make me feel like I've done something wrong so my behavior will change. Most of the time they would think that's a red flag or something right. like that, that giving right. over of control. So I think be saying, oh yeah, generally kinky, generally BDSM, that is something safe and has been put into the media, even if it is something like Fifty Shades. So I, there. if I do have that conversation with a friend, it is definitely very much just, yep, just kinky. It's, and it's so funny because if you think about it from a, an actual safety standpoint, you know, getting tied up and having stuff done to you in, in a traditional BDSM context is so much more dangerous than, you know, spanking like, Maybe you'll get your ass bruised, but you know, you're usually, unless you're doing it with someone you really trust, you know, you're not generally tied down, at least not at spanking parties. Um, and like, you can just, you can get up, you can stop fairly easily. But I, I think you're 100% right, Cam, that like, the psychological aspect of it seems so much more dangerous to people. Like they, you know, like getting into that, talking about that headspace, even though, I think the general public probably understands that when you were talking about power exchange and in BDSM or in spanking, uh, we were talking about giving over control like that. But somehow doing it in the kind of like punishment spanking context makes it so much more fraught, I guess. I don't know, it's, it's, it's really interesting that the reality doesn't match up to people's expectations there. Yeah, and I think going off of all of this, I mean, just the difference between Lexi and Evie, um, you talk, um, Lexi, you were talking about how spanking is something that the actual discipline, like if that's for your life, if that is for, like I have a habit tracker, like if that is for your the habit things, someone outside of the community might be like, whoa, that's a lot of control over someone. But even something as simple, uh, like Evie was saying, that's not that intense or not that personal, giving over someone that psychological control to be able to punish you for something that seems quote unquote insignificant or something <laughs> like that in your everyday life, that is so much control and that is such a hard and personal thing to explain that I would not feel safe talking to anyone outside of the community about because they would be concerned for me and my safety in a relationship. And, and as a top, you know, I, I definitely, I mean, to answer your question, Lexi, originally, to the extent that I'm open about it, at all, and I am with you know certain certain communities that I'm a part of where basically everybody there is kinky in some way or at least claims to be. Um, I definitely will say that I'm a. It's I'm getting much more comfortable with saying I'm a spanko and kind of like people know that about me. And particularly when I do like you know these big public art projects that have to do with spanking, it's kind of hard to to, to <laughs> not for people not to know that. So I'm kind of like you know at least in that 
you know, in, in the burn community kind of more known for that. Um, but outside of that, like I e- e- actually, even in that community, I'm, I allow it at least to be seen as just like a harmless kink. You know, um, people think it's, it's harmless. And I kind of like, I let that be what they think because of, of all the issues that you're talking about. I mean, from the perspective of a top, it gets into these issues of like, okay, well, are, are you actually a misogynist? You, you know, if you're, if you're doing this? And I think no, um, you know, speaking personally, I think there maybe are some actual misogynists in the scene, but that's a whole separate podcast. <laughs> uh, but personally, I mean, I, I, I think of it like I respect the person I'm playing with enough to respect that they know what they want. And when they tell me what they want, I listen to them. I don't, you know, second guess that. See, I feel like like fun spanking play is a lot closer to BDSM than discipline is. Totally. And I know there is a lot of discipline in, in BDSM. I've experienced that, but it's different. It's it's not necessarily always sexual, but yeah, but it, 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 it is. But most of the time, yeah. discipline and the control comes in a sexual context. Right. Yeah. Right. That that brings up a, a really interesting point, which uh, a little bit tangential, but the idea of of spanking not being sexual. Um, I, I'm really curious about this, and I don't know what the statistics are. I've heard numerous people, including Jillian Keenan you know, describe it in a way that says like spanking replaces sex for her. But I wonder, I mean, it seems like people who who say that usually at some point or another are getting turned on thinking about it, right? Right, what does that that mean exactly? Does that mean like she doesn't touch herself? Yeah, she just touches herself to the thought of spanking? Or or it's it's delayed, I think, is is what happens for a lot of people. Yeah, is there there an orgasm involved somewhere in the idea of spanking or sexuality, or is it not there at all? It's curious, (laughs) like it's it's a fun, like mental experiment to think of like what being in those shoes would be like. And I think I've definitely had days where if I had to choose between like sex and a spanking or like penetrative sex and a spanking or even an orgasm and a spanking I think there are days where I definitely choose a spanking over dealing with any of that other stuff just because it's so much simpler and I know what I'm getting into and there's something about that but to say that like afterwards I wouldn't still crave the other things would be a step too far for me. Um, I, I would, that's not, that would not be a true statement. And I think as you guys are just starting this podcast, it's so interesting to see now you have any topics. So I think that's yeah. cool yeah. that you guys get to keep going with all that. I mean, that was a topic that I definitely wanted to talk about. And in fact, originally when I was thinking about having Cam on the show, I, I thought that you were one of those people who, <laughs> for which it was not sexual at all. I've since learned otherwise. Um, um okay. <laughs> I mean, I started out in the scene. I was, t- I was just 21. I started out seeing a professional, and then after that, it was kind of, okay, go meet people. And I felt so clueless in those sort of things. And then my sexuality as someone 
who was still exploring what spanking was and then my sexuality following that i had i felt the need to be so incredibly protective um especially honestly when it came to men and those sort of things so when i was vetting scenes in play with men i had i felt the need to protect myself and make it very clear like this is a hard line there is no sex involved in this and then if i went home and did stuff on my own that was my business and so i think as i gain trust with someone like nameless or those sort of things it can play a lot more of a part into it and at first before I kind of understood more about my sexuality it wasn't for me like I and if it was I didn't know it so I did I definitely had that experience for about the first eight months I was in the scene where I was like mm, I don't think this is super sexual I didn't do anything for me in the moment so I definitely had that experience where I did not understand that getting turned on by it was normal for people in the scene and it was okay and it was exciting so I definitely felt a guard with that at first. And I, I think that's that's super important for, to have the representation of that viewpoint uh, for people, because I think there's a lot of people who, you know, don't necessarily know what this is for them at first, you know, particularly people who are new to the scene. I mean, we've, I think we met people at, um, at Lone Star who would fit that. And they were just kind of like trying to figure that out. And so to hear that there are other people out there who are also struggling with that, I think would, is, is really important. Oh yeah, I mean, I went through a similar thing, but like I said, I started in more of the BDSM, even though I knew that I was a Spanko, I always knew that I was a Spanko, I felt like that was the community that I fell into. Um, but like I said, it is very sexual, and so I ended up doing these things, and part of it was really exciting, and then I was like, oh, like no, like there's sex that's involved, like I'm not, super excited about it like i kind of just wish i could have this part um so when i got into the spanking scene and and, and updated my my fet life profile <laughs> um that's something that i put on on my fet life is that it's not spanking isn't usually sexual for me and i don't necessarily even know if that's true it's just it really is it really is a guard that you have yeah. to put up when you're yeah, going into new situations. Because I think that unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for some people, sex is a part of it. Or sex is something that just happens afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had my friends in the kink scene, you know, when I talk to them about parties, because, you know, I'm trying to get everyone to come. Uh, <laughs> the ones who, The ones who would be interested. And, and they go, so there's no sex? <laughs> Get that question. <laughs> yeah, <still. laughs> and they're like, uh, oh, I mean, no, but if you bring, I'm always like, you can BYO sex. Like, you can bring your own <laughs> Just sex. bring a towel, I guess. Like, you can bring a person. If you, like, if you bring somebody with you, there's, there's somebody there that you already have that dynamic with and you're playing in private, then sure but I don't know what's going on in everyone's hotel room. So from my perspective, if you, if you couldn't see inside of everyone's hotel rooms, then the answer would be no, it's dry play. Yeah, I mean, they explicitly say not to do that at most of these parties, right? Like, well, especially in the, in, the, in the public areas, yeah. Maybe not dry, maybe moist. Moist. Yes. I've heard, I've heard it described. I don't think I, I, don't think I came up with that term. <laughs> I don't think I came up with that term. I feel like I've heard someone describe 
this sort of play or scenes as dry play, but I don't know if that's a real term. I don't know, that's, I don't know for you guys, but like if it's dry play, then it's probably not a good space. No, probably not. Probably not. I wonder where that term comes from. Where did I hear it? I mean, that? it's a safe term if you're trying to describe it to someone in vet with someone. Yeah. But. Yeah. I'm really into dry play. Oh, no, yeah, that yeah. sounds awful. Yeah, I don't know that sounds I, painful. I must oh, have. Get a uh, get some moisturizer in there. Then it's the opposite, like wet play. Like Ooh. so, if you are having sex in scenes, then it's wet play. This oh, makes no sense. Is in yeah. like the theater scene, wet tech versus dry tech has to do with actors. Right. So it's just it's just. Very I think I've amazing. made this up. That's great. But if anybody wants to co-op <laughs> these terms, TM TM. <laughs> My question for you is: um, Have you always known that you? is totally off topic. Have you always known that you were a switch? Was there any question in your mind about that? That's a really, that's a good one. Um, I think, oh, this is gonna be a very, very intimate topic. Ooh. You know how you were talking about, you know, writing, no, I don't want to, like, it's not a sexual thing. It's sort of like a protection. I think for me, starting to wear like the switch lanyard or using the title or title, the label was sort of a way to protect me because it just provided me the option because even like as a switch, you could lean more heavily towards topping and it sort of protected me from assumptions in play parties or just in general. I don't think I had a huge interest in topping but I think I just I used that label as sort of protection long enough that, you know, I had to follow through and I found some, <laughs> yeah, because at certain points you got to put your money where your mouth is and it's not that I didn't enjoy it. So I think it sort of grew on me, but I definitely initially think it didn't have to do with my preference at all because I definitely okay. preferred to bottom. It just was a way to stave off people who or maybe like aggressively assumptive. Yeah, the protection this, part of it's huge. I, I think this this is such a critical thing f for people to hear, particularly men listening to this to hear. Fellas, this is why we can't have nice things. Like, like if you, if you, <laughs> I want you to pay attention to all the stuff that, that women have to do to protect themselves. You know, like, uh, it's frustrating um, to me, but, uh, but I understand it, I think. And you switch. I do oh, ask that yes. question right back to you. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I asked that is because when I first got into the scene, I was like, oh yeah, bottom, like that's what I do. And then I remember someone, a friend asked me to give them their first spanking and I was doing it. I was like, oh, like this is fun. Like I had no, I did it as a favor. And so I kind of started doing that. And then I found kind of on the flip side, when I changed it more to switch and was open to talking to specifically male bottoms about topping them, it, um, I got into some, it was all remote and all online, but I got into some really intense situations where I was trying to give this man attention and take care of him and do all those sort of things, but he continued, several of them continued to ask for so much that it was like, okay, I don't want to top you anymore. And I have several, um, I, have, I can think of at least two of my close female friends who switch and the men come to them and online and they're just... It can be exhausting, and so I think that part, that part of it is when I get into more social scenes and try to vet a scene and play, I will lean more heavily towards yeah, I'll just bottom. 
because I know I have a higher pain tolerance, so I'll just take a spanking. And so that's easier for me, even though I enjoy topping. And I definitely feel switchier in social situations, in private and private dynamics, um, in more intimate dynamics. I definitely prefer to bottom, but in public, in play, and that sort of fun stuff, I love topping. So yeah. I, I discovered it by accident. <laughs> and, and I've heard tell of um, that part of the reason why uh, male switches are sometimes reluctant to uh, to to label themselves as such is because there are people who will label themselves as switches in order to get a conversation started, but they're actually just bottoms and they really are desperate for having that kind of attention as a bottom and and like they use that as like a like a bait and switch or something because I don't know this is it didn't occur to me until I saw some people having a discussion about this on FetLife and I was like oh. God, people do that? I have experienced that have at really? least twice okay. where I started talking to men and they were like, yeah, we can switch. Like, I'll probably talk you more. And then I insinuated or I realized like, oh, just so you know, I'm a switch. And then it immediately switched to they wanted me to top them exclusively. And I have another really good friend who that's happened to her almost exclusively with her online relationships. Wow. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't consider myself a switch, but I have to say that in more vanilla situations, relationships that I've been in, um, where guys will claim to be uh, tops, and then we get into the moment and it's not, that's not actually the case, like they don't actually know what to do, or they're not like, confident in the way that I would prefer them to be and I find I found myself switching with people that have probably never been topped or even thought about being topped before because I'm like here let me show you how it's supposed to be done <laughs> let me give you an example of what I would like yeah, yeah. And I, I mean I didn't hate it I didn't hate it <laughs> uh -huh. I had a party recently I, I did it are you good at it I mean well I think I I mean, I know what I want. Exactly. So I, exactly. exactly. That's, that's, that's why I think switches most of the time are people who are, even if they're mainly tops, who are willing to bottom, oftentimes make really good tops. It's because they know what it feels like. Yep. And that's a huge, huge thing. And even if you are like, I exclusively top, being hit with an implement you're going to hit someone else with is, you need to know what it feels like. Yes. Because I've had one top who, he hit me with something. I was like, have you hit yourself with this? Like, do you realize this is a three pound implement and like, you're gonna bruise me real quick? And he's like, oh yeah, I guess it is heavy. I'm like, you haven't even hit your like thigh with it? So that was... Yeah. <laughs> I, I will almost always, unless it's an implement that I have used many times, I will, even then sometimes, I will like hit myself in the thigh with it just to remind myself of what it feels I've like. I've seen this happen. Yeah. While I'm getting a spanking, he'll stop and hit himself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, he it's, deserves it. Well, it also, but also, like, if, if part of the point is to, you know, sort of empathize and like think about what your, you know, what what your bottom is feeling when you're doing it to them, it's good to remind yourself of what they're feeling and be like, oh yeah, that hurts. Oh, this is gonna be fun. You know, um. I have a go-to phrase. I'm, my main topping I've done is um, older men. And so whenever I'm hitting them, they're like, Cam, you're going, Miss Cam, you're going too hard. I'm like, I promise you, I'm not giving you anything I can't take. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Which and is, so that's, I mean, it's not a fair to, thing. To be, yeah, to be fair, like, you, you know, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I, I definitely can't take anything close to what you or Lexi can take. I don't know, well, probably even, yeah, yeah probably Evie too. Yeah, Evie and I are closer. Even there, I think, I'm, I'm the wimp of the, of the four of us I here. I'm easy on you. It's all coming out now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am aware. What was I going to say about the, oh, talking about people who claim to be a switch, but then, well, they, they probably are, they're switches, but maybe they have a heavy preference towards bottoming, but are shy about saying that. And for good reason, we have an entire society where especially men feel the need to, you know, they're supposed to be a certain way and there's pressure there. But I recently found out just the other day that somebody that I had played with a, a long time ago actually prefers to bottom and I had left the spanking just I mean it was it was good for me but I had left feeling less than like I hadn't given this person what they were looking for even though you know we had talked this is what we agreed to do there was never an option given to do it the other way I it wasn't it didn't get brought up um and I always just felt like this person probably thought like they, they'd never want to play with me again. Or, you know, they might go into the scene telling people that I, I kind of stunk as a bottom. And, and I always felt really sad about it. And then the other day I found out it was probably because they actually preferred a bottom. And it sort of was, it was nice to hear that. I mean, hey, it could have been that I must, might have just been really bad at being a bottom. <laughs> and, and maybe it wasn't, maybe it was really crappy for them either way. But it does give me hope that maybe you know if we rekindled things or if you know if we played the opposite direction maybe it would be more fun for that person like i don't know i felt i felt so bad for so long it was like years ago well you bring up something important and and it's the assumption or the the feeling that someone that oh this went this way for this person or i'm not sure if they really enjoyed themselves and opening yourself up to that conversation afterwards to kind of debrief and say hey listen this is how this went for me takes a lot of the the need to assume out of the situation because it's not it doesn't it's not fun to not know and if you have open communication with someone that you're playing with which hopefully you do with all the people that you play with then it makes it more fun for everyone oh i completely agree i completely agree i think it was just early days and as much as you want to have open communication with people, I think it's hard to give any kind of critical feedback. And not that, that isn't an excuse not to. We definitely should give people feedback. And critical is a, is a tough word because feedback doesn't necessarily mean anything went wrong. Um, honest but, feedback. Honest feedback. But I, I still are saying, hey, this wasn't for me, but, you know, whatever. I do think it's, it's harder in a scene where people do a lot more pickup play. It's yeah. easier to just say, hey, let's leave it at that. We might not never even run into each other again. Who knows? Why would I leave this person thinking there might not be, they might not be good enough in right. some kind of way? So I agree with Lexi. I think we just, people just naturally sort of balance the pros and cons of giving that sort of feedback. And, and asking for it. I mean, the, the more, it's, tops are expected to be confident. That's kind of part of the point, right? At least for that, for that play. And... You know, the more confident you are, the easier it is to ask for feedback, I think. But I, I think, you know, a lot of tops are faking it 
until they make it kind of, um, speaking for myself. I mean, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of times I'm kind of like, I, I'll, I'll benefit from, you know, from the, from the benefit of the doubt when people like, like I'll do something and someone's like, oh, that was so, that was so cool that you did that. And it was like, I had totally like done it by mistake or it was just like an accident. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally, yep. yeah, I totally, totally planned that. Careful, I'll um, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> remember what it was. There was, yeah. well, there was describe in detail what exactly you're complimenting me on. Yeah. I mean, there was one time I remember in particular where I was like, I was hanging out with some people and this wasn't a spanking thing, but I was, I was hanging out with some people and we were trying out like these electrodes. Um, and this sub, you know, she was trying them out. She had them on and I was like, I, I was going somewhere and I needed to take, it was my electrode set and I, I needed to take it. Um, and so I went to turn it off and I accidentally turned the knob the wrong way. And she was like, ah, and I, you know, I turned it off real quick. And, and, and she was like, oh, you're so mean. And she was like, and, and, and she like, she was kind of turned on by it and like thought, thought it was super cool. I was like, uh, yeah, uh-huh, boy, meant to do that. Um, and that's, you know, that's happened more than once. Anyway, my, my. Yeah. Yes, it has. <laughs> forget which way that knob turns. I think you legitimately forget which it's way that knob It's not labeled very well. Turns. I gotta be honest. It's not labeled very well. <laughs> righty, righty, tidy, lefty, lefty. Getting a sharpie. Before, I really want to go back to something you were saying that I think is so, um, rel so, so important to recognize is that males, specifically in the spanking community, the societal pressure that they feel to be a certain way or feel guilty about being subs and those sort of things. And Nameless and I have talked about how male tops sometimes don't even talk to each other because it feels like there's this alpha fight sometimes, even though there shouldn't be. I think recognizing, especially because I was saying some not necessarily kind things about some male submissives and those sort of things, recognizing that societal pressure is huge. And I do mm -hmm. want to give that but also, it's the 21st century. We all are all learning to grow. So let's continue to do that together. That's just what I wanted to go back yeah. to. Yeah, 100%. And then we'll, then we'll label the machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, and we'll put some the tape machine. on there. I don't even have anything else to say right there. Spankings are fun and funny and also very serious. They can be all the things and anything you want them to be. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> well, that sounds like an awesome place to, to end this episode. So thank you so much, Cam, for being thank on with us. Thank you for having us. me. Because it's so much delight. fun. Yeah. You're so insightful. And I love listening to you talk. Me too. I'm just joking. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Talking Smack. Find us at talking underscore smack on FetLife. Now that you've heard us talk our smack, come join the conversation in our FetLife group, Talking Smack Podcast or check out the links in our bio.